Welcome to WDEX. That's right, the Wired Differently Experience, and I'm back. My name is Todd Saylor, and I know you guys are getting used to me by now. It's been almost seven months since I started these lives. Yep, my name's Todd, and my job is to love you. My job is to motivate you. My job is to inspire you. My job is to teach you a few things. And if you already know everything... Well, I'm just going to remind you of some things, right? I need to be reminded of things a lot. I mean, I go to church, I listen to speakers, I'm on YouTube, I'm doing a lot of things. You see, I'm the author of the book, The Brand, right? And The Attitudinal Disorder, Wired Differently. Now, some of you know me and you're kind of used to this and you're kind of saying, yeah, he's wired differently, but I want you to understand that you're wired differently. And this show's job, this Joe's job is to challenge the status quo. That's right. The show's job is to help you understand and empower you to challenge the status quo, to get out of your what we call dastardly land of quo. But you got a job. Yes, you have a job. You have a job too. What is your job? Well, your job is to lean back, relax a little bit, take some notes. That's right. But most importantly, I need you to be, do, and think differently. Right? If you watch the trailer to get everybody roused up in the beginning, I believe prepare attack. All of us wired differently people believe in those three verbs. If we want to move forward in life to get out of our dastardly land of quo, we have to believe, we have to prepare, we have to attack. Right? And we also prescribe to this quote that it's not just the efforts that you make, Todd. It's not just the efforts that you make people out there. It's more so the distances you're willing to go. Right? Get tired of that, but you can't forget it. I'm going to add one today, though. Success is not a position, it's a condition. Success is actually a condition, not a position. Right? It's not where you live, how you live, what you wear, but more about how you live your life in your mind and how you roll through it. Today, we're going to actually talk about that. We're going to talk about these topics and I and I gave it some clever titles I try to get you guys all fired up and understanding with my titles so today's title as I pull it up here in my banners we're going to break the national record in five years and so why do I broadcast it that way why do I why do I uh, kind of get all excited? Well, I guess because that's on wire different energy is kind of part of my DNA. And I want you to take some of that. I want you to learn some of that. I want you to be some of that. It's okay. It's okay to be odd. You know, my mom named me Todd. I think my dad wanted to name me Odd. And they settled on Todd. I don't know. But it's okay to be wired different. It's okay to be odd. And, and I think we should make a business out of it. I'm trying to a little bit. I want to stand out. I want you to stand out. I want you to be that person. I need you to be that person that understands that you're wired differently. And the title today is We're Going to Break the National Record in Five Years. The subtitle is Call It or It's Slop. And the points I want to make today are there are only two types of success. You either call it or fall in it. So call it. Or following it. So as you can see, I've 
created a word there, I-N-I-T, in it. All right, so either call it or fall on it. So I want to start to show off. I, I want to want to give you a story, and it's a really it's a great story. It's about my father. And when I talk about success, I can't I can't not talk about success if I don't conjure my father up. Because quite frankly, he's probably the most successful man I've ever met in my life. Matter of fact, he's probably the most successful man that a lot of people have met in, in certainly some ways. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you that he's the most financially successful man in the world, but we've talked about success and what success is, and we're not measuring success by dollars. You know, we can keep score that way. But we want to go back to some previous messages, and those messages were, you know, we need to become successioneers. We need to be successful at the things we set our mind to. We need to be successful at the plans that we create. And we want to talk about those things. And so when I tell you this story about my father, we're going to break the national record in five years. I'm setting up this idea for you all to understand in imagery. You see, the story goes back to probably 1972, 71, 72. My father had taken on a football coaching job in Michigan, Hudson, Michigan, and he moved there. Uh, he had just married my mother, and he wanted to be a basketball coach, but he took the football coaching job because it was the only thing available. My father's name is Tom Sale. And as he couldn't get the basketball coach job, he took the seventh-grade football coaching job, and then the next year he took the eighth-grade fo football coaching job, and then uh, the third year, I believe, pretty close the story goes, the head football coach retired, and they said, Tom, would you like to take this job? We don't have a lot of people here, or however that's going to work. He wanted to coach basketball, but he took the job. Right? So he's in the job, and the first year he coaches, he goes a miraculously 9-1. and one. The next year he coaches, he goes a miraculously year 9-1. and one. But the third year he coaches, he goes undefeated. Amazing, right? Three years, three massively winning records, but the third re season he doesn't lose a game. The fourth season he doesn't lose a game. He has 2.9 consecutive winning seasons, and he's vying for the county win streak record. Sure enough, he wins that season, and he goes into his fourth season, and he walks back to that very classroom, eighth-grade classroom that he left of football players before they moved on into high school and before he took the varsity job, and he sat them all in a room. And I need you to pay attention to this. He looked at all those eighth-grade boys, and he said, boys, we've been undefeated for 3.9 years. We have set the county win streak record. We have now eyeballed the state win streak record. And he looked at every one of those boys. And he said, this is the class that will break the national win streak record. 72 in a row. And he had all those eighth grade boys Count it out on their fingers, their toes, and do the math. And when he walked out of that classroom, he looked back over his shoulder and he reminded them that you are going to be the class to set the national win streak record. Set your minds to it, men. Believe it. And so as the story goes, I just got some imagery I want to show you because... Um, it means a lot to me, and we're setting up success, we're setting up imagery, we're setting up stores, we're setting up truths. And right here is, 
1975. That's me right there with the long hair. I know you guys can have some fun with that. And I'm uh, approximately uh, 10 years old. And that's my dad, the age of 38. And you can see my brother's little hat there. And we're trying to get to my dad. And that's where the group of eighth grade boys all gathered at Kalamazoo Hackett up in Michigan in the cold weather. And they beat the bigger team to set the national win streak record. Now, you, you asked me, Todd, why, why, why are we talking about this? I'm trying to get this off the screen here. Why, why are we talking about this? Because I want to set up success. I want you to understand success. I want you to understand the concept of success. I mean, my father was a leader. And when we go back to the two types of successes, there's either the call it type of success or there's the fall in it type of success. We think about athletes like Babe Ruth where he called the home run, right? We think about athletes like uh, um, Muhammad Ali who said, I'm going to take Liston down. No one can beat me. I'm the best in the world. And then he went out and did it. We talk about Joe Namath. We talk about a lot of these athletes. We talk about these successful entrepreneurial people in this world who say, I'm going to go to the moon, right? I'm going to send a rocket that can go up to the moon and come back down and land and it's going to be reusable. We talk about people like Steve Jobs that says, I'm going to create a computer on a phone. I mean, these are people that are calling it, right? Tom Saylor is a pioneer in that regards. I mean, he laid it out for eighth grade boys. And let me also tell you about my father. I mean, that type of calling it, that type of succession vision, that type of mind implant, that type of confidence is what I would call manufactured success. Because we, we, we only can have success in my wire differently books as if we manufacture it. Because if we don't manufacture it, if we don't call it, if we don't create it, if we don't plan it, then we just fall in it. And we really don't even know why we got there. Now, it can be a win, but it's not replicable. And so I want to just talk about this man, this man, Tom Saylor, who literally taught me. Unfortunately, he didn't even really know what he was doing. And I didn't know what I was doing until I was some 40 years old and started to explore writing the book Wired Differently, this whole supremely purposeful mindset. I mean, so Tom Saylor did certain things to do this win streak. He created an edge. He did all kinds of things to continue to have these young men go through season after season after season not losing, having the National uh, Sports Illustrated in their home, having movie crews living with us from the age of 9 to 12, having, having, having uh, the, the, the newspapers and the, the People magazine and uh, letters from the presidents and uh, Bo Schimbeckler and all these people collaborating, conjoling around him. I mean, these are things that were happening in my childhood to a young man in his 30s, 38s, all before he was 40. And he was manifesting victories. He was manifesting success. And the reason I tell you that story is because it's real. It's true. And I want you to taste it. I want you to feel it. He manufactured success. 
And I'm going to get to what he didn't do at the end of this, but what he was doing, whether he knew it or not, was manufacturing success. He would literally, at one point, we would have a trail where all the football players would run this trail. He called it the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and we'll get to that after this. But, but he called this Ho Chi Minh Trail, and this Ho Chi Minh Trail was a trail that every team for roughly nine undefeated seasons had to run this trail and go to the end of the trail and pull out the stake of the team that they were going to play that Friday evening before they played them and claim them a victorious win, setting up the supremely purposeful mindset of winning. But funny enough, on that Ho Chi Minh Trail, often a player would find a penny. And anytime they found a penny on this trail, they would all stop and jump up and down and cheer and knew that something good was going to happen because they found a penny. One day, my father was running behind in 1972 or 73. And he said, son, I'm running behind and the boys are going to go run the Ho Chi Minh Trail. You know what that is, son? I said, yes, father, I know what the Ho Chi Minh Trail is. One day I'm going to run the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And he says, yes, you will. He says, but before you get out of the locker room and before they get out of the locker room, I want to give you these. Yes, father. What are they? And he reached into his pocket. And he pulled out two handfuls, the the most amount of pennies I'd ever seen in my life. And I put my hands out, and he filled my hands out, and he said, now, run out there. Hurry up, son, and spread these pennies all along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. I looked at my father in amazement. I was trying to understand, but it quickly came to me that He was manufacturing belief. He was manufacturing success. And he wanted to share that with me as his child, as his son. He wanted me to know part of the the secrets of success in life and this power of the mind, right? The last thing I want to share with you is I was probably in 1973, 74, I would run across the street from Lincoln Elementary High School where I went to high or I was in fifth grade. It was my last year in the elementary school. And as I ran across the street to meet up with my father at football practice, I did after every afternoon, I went down to the practice field as normal and I asked if I could do anything and they said, no, everything's handled. And I went to the sideline to watch the practice. The practice was just different, you know, it was, it was different this day, and I was a little confused, it was a little chilly, and, and uh, I, I, honestly, all I could see was football players out there running and diving and rolling in mud, and I could see them crawling underneath the, the, the grid that they used to chop their feet over. And, and I could see the other football players carrying other football players on their shoulders, right? I mean, they're throwing them over their shoulders. And there was coaches at all three of these stations, and they were just literally yelling, you can do it. Don't give up. If you don't get up, you're going to die. They were screaming. They were groveling. It was really a a mesmerizing thing because there was no footballs to be seen on the entire field. And as I stood there in kind of amazement and awkwardness, uh, uh, my father finally strolled over to me while all the other coaches were doing their things with these players, working so hard and literally carrying players a hundred yards on their shoulders. And he looked at me and he said, son, are you confused? I said, yeah, dad, I, 
I thought we were a football team. I thought we were going to practice football today. I thought you were a football coach. And he looked at me, and I, I will never forget these moments in my life. I, I, I can't forget this moment about success. I can't forget this moment. And he looked at me, and he said, son, I'm actually not a football coach. And I said, dad, you're the greatest football coach to ever live. And he looked at me, and he says, no, son. I'm not, but my job is to build men. I'm a men's coach. I'm a man's coach. I'm a people's coach. My job is to build these men. I said, dad, I don't understand. He says, listen, son, it's 1973, Vietnam, we're at war. And these boys aren't going to probably go to college. These, these boys aren't probably even going to go work in a factory. Most of them are going to go to Vietnam and they're going to fight for this country. And I have to get them ready. Do you understand, son? Do you, do you understand the importance of building people? You see, those are the stories of leadership. Those are the three stories of, of, of success. I mean, a man who prophesizes what's going to be and then makes it happen. You see, success is manufactured. Success doesn't just happen, my friends. And I want you to understand that. That there's only two types of success. You either call it or you fall in it. And my father taught me early on. And you know, here's the thing. He, 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 he really didn't even understand what he was doing. It came to him somehow spiritually or naturally. And when I started to become successful in life, I was just imitating what my father had showed me. I, 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 would, I would think of things and I would be purposeful about them and I would move through them and I would become successful. You see, because most success happens when we recognize it and we just fall in it. But when we fall in it by accident, we don't really understand how it's happened, right? And that brings us to this whole component of you can't execute a plan if you don't have one. Most of us forget to set out a plan. Most of us move through life without a plan. Most of us don't have the wherewithal to go to an eighth grade class or to anybody in your life and say, in five years, I'm going to build the biggest company in the county. I'm going to build the biggest manufacturing company in the state. I am going to build a global organization that can serve payroll and all kinds of things across the country. Most of us don't want to put on that game face. You see what I'm saying? Because you fall in it and you take that success and you move on to the next thing and you don't really understand what the cocktail was. And so what I want you to understand, what Tom Saylor taught me, and I learned on my own, which brought me to write the book Wired Differently, is, is that we're wired differently. Successful people are wired differently. I want you successful. And if you call it like Babe Ruth, if you call it like Muhammad Ali, if you call it like a Tom Saylor, or even call it like... Uh, my wife or even some of my children at the softball games, if, if you're so purposeful about your premonitions, if you manifest where you're going, right, 
and you call it. If you're brave enough to call it, you drive it into your subconscious. And you put that pressure of understanding it and that desire and that love of that situation in your subconscious. Now, here's the thing. When you talk about a Tom Saylor, he, he was calling it in that eighth grade class. He was calling it when he told me to pass the pennies around, right? He was calling it when, when, when he talked to me about practice in building men. He was actually building the players as men, but he was building me as a man as little as 10, 11, 12 years old. He was imprinting me with this whole mesmerizing mentality of manifestation and calling what you're going to be successful in and doing it. And so I know a lot of you are hanging on to this, and I want you to understand it's very important that you finish this with me because I want to explain to you that only five out of a hundred people are actually successful in this regard in this world when we call financially or successful. And now five of them are successful financially in their retirement years and moving through time without having to work and worry about money. But really only three of them are super, super successful where they're actually piling on money, really, when they're, when they're done with their working career in life. But there's really this only one person, this one dude, this one chick, this one person that really is crazy, crazy wealthy. And, but, the, but the thing that's all in common with all five of these people, including my father, Tom Saylor, and myself, that's wired differently, is the secret sauce. The secret sauce is, is that you know what you want. Tom Saylor knew what he wanted. Tom Saylor knew that he wanted that national win streak with her. Tom Saylor went into the eighth grade class in 1971 and said, you are going to break this world win streak record. And he didn't let anybody forget it until they broke the record. Right? And I ask you why he's so successful. I ask you why five out of a ten. And I just told you because you know what you want. Now, in my third coming book, Supremely purposeful. I'm going to talk about being supremely purposeful. I'm going to talk about how these things work in life. I'm going to talk about how important it is to actually manifest, not just go through life, understanding that you're successful sometimes. So my question was to myself, my question is now of my father. And you look at my father who went through his whole life. He's in his 80s now. He's a remarkable man and he's healthy and he's moving through. He's, he's active, but he's slowing down. But he's the target of the big question. He's the target I have for you right now, for my brother, for my, my, all my workers at Tom's Donuts, my, my workers at Pacer Systems and the staffing and systems and, and the factoring company and the insurance company, all this stuff that we do together. And he's the target right now. He, he, he set the bar high for me, right? But here's one of the things that I've got to confess about my father. He didn't know how he did it. He went through life not knowing how he was successful and often wondering if he was even successful and often challenging himself, was he successful really at all? And I think that's a shame. 
because he is magnificently successful and you're magnificently successful. But I don't want you to focus on those few wins and just say, okay, I was good and I worked through it. But I want you to focus on why you were winning in those situations. I want Tom Saylor to focus on why he was so successful because here's what happens. If you don't know why you are successful and you experience successful things on a sporadic pace, You've wasted most of your life not understanding why you're successful. So I pick on Tom Saylor, my father, and I'm picking on you right now. Can you just imagine, just for a moment, if Tom Saylor really understood the power of his subconscious, really understood the power of his supremely purposeful thinking, really understood the power he had with those eighth graders, the power he had on his children, his son, and his players, if he really understood the power he had with his own mind to conquer almost anything with his supreme supremely purposeful gift that God gave us in our subconscious and our powers. What if? What if you did know, Dad? Well, thank you. I figured it out because of you. All of you, you're supremely purposeful beings. I need you to know exactly what you want in life, and I need you to go out and get it. In closing, I want you to understand the most purposeful plan ever created and tested over time is the Bible. I mean, if Tom Saylor isn't enough evidence, think about the Bible. God prophesied so many amazing things that have happened, and none of them can be disputed. They can be looked at, but they can't be disputed. The most supremely purposeful being to ever walk the planet is Jesus Christ. And it comes to fruition. And it comes on Easter because he is alive. The good news really happened. He predicted, he prophesied, and he promulgated that I will return from the dead. And he did it. He called it. He didn't fall in it. So I just want to tell you I love you. I want to have fun with you. And I want you to all know that why differently is this. It's us. It's our attitudinal disorder, our energy, our ability to go against the grain and say things that aren't always so popular, but we know what we want. God bless you, Dad. Thank you for being wired differently before anybody in my life I knew and bringing me this message. God bless you all, and we'll see you Easter. This has been the Wired Differently Experience. W.